Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 20 called The Naked Truth. Father, we want to thank you for tonight. We want to thank you for the book of Isaiah. And as we study it tonight, we want to come in humility, Lord, and expectation. The call of a prophet, (laughs) not easy. And Isaiah was not necessarily popular, but he was faithful. And you'd say it's required of a steward that he be found faithful. And that passage means fidelity to the gospel, Faithful to the message that God gives a man or a woman to share, that is the message we are to deliver. Sometimes the message of the cross uh, hits people the wrong way. We know it's a stumbling block to some. We know it's offensive. But in the end, it's a message of good news, a message of hope and life. But it does require us to turn and to depend upon the living God and As we look at this passage tonight, Lord, as we look at Isaiah 20, we pray that you will uh, exhort us and encourage us to be stirred as people towards being faithful and obedient to our God, even when it's difficult and even when it's embarrassing. We are not to be ashamed of the gospel. So help us, Lord, to faithfully deliver what you've called us to deliver. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. One of my life verses has been Romans 1.16, where Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek or to the Gentile. I'm not ashamed of it, but I'll tell you, in analyzing Paul's life, he had been ashamed of it. At one time, he, tra- he tried to destroy that message. He tried to obliterate anyone who would articulate the fact that Jesus is Messiah. He lived his life to stamp it out. He traveled here and there. He got letters from the chief priests. And his sole goal was to uh, destroy the name of Christ and the church associated with Christ. But then he became the chief proclaimer of that gospel. Early on in the book of Isaiah, as we've studied it, we see Isaiah's call. It came in the year that King Uzziah died. Turn over there for a second. Isaiah chapter 6. And when Isaiah saw the Lord, you're familiar with the passage, high and exalted, the train of his robe uh, filling the temple, the seraphim um, being there singing in antiphonal praise to the Lord, singing of his holiness and his glory. Isaiah in verse 5 chapter 6 said, I am ruined. Some translations say, I am undone. I am exposed for who I really am. And there he said, I am a man of unclean lips. When I see the holiness of God, it exposes the reality of my heart. And in his presence, 
It brings me to my knees. We, we studied Peter on Sunday, and when that great catch of fish came at the bidding of the Master, and Peter was obedient, though he was tired, and though he may have thought cynically about Jesus' request, when he saw the great catch that had been caught, he fell at Jesus' knees, literally, and said, Depart from me, O Lord, I am a sinful man. But the Lord touches Isaiah after that uh, that ownership of, of who he is and where he is, that he is a man of unclean lips. He starts with himself, then he goes to the people. I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. One of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with the tongs. Think of a, a purifying fire here. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and we all need the Lord to touch our mouth. <laughs> Right, Because the tongue is a restless evil full of deadly poison, James says in the book of James. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who are made in the image of God. And then James says, my brothers, this should not be the case. Does bitter water and, and good water come from the same fountain? You know, And he gives us those illustrations. And notice what he says. He says, he touched my mouth, with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is forgiven. And then the calling. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, Here am I. Send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. Render the hearts of this people insensitive their ears dull, their eyes dim, lest they see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return and be healed. The prophets were often asked to do something more than just talk. Go to Isaiah 20. They're often living pictures of their message. Sometimes they would picture what would happen if a nation did not listen to the preaching of the word of God, if a nation would not repent of it. And Isaiah 20, just in six short verses, has been one of the head scratchers for theologians and Bible students for thousands of years. Because it's a chapter that tells us that Isaiah went around for a period of three years naked. And the Hebrew word for naked means naked. As a matter of fact, it's the same Hebrew word that's used in Genesis 2.25 of Adam and Eve being naked when they were first created in the garden and not being ashamed of their nakedness. It's the same word in Job 1.21 when Job says, naked I came into the world, naked I'm going to leave it, speaking of his birth and his, de- his death, and then he blesses the name of the Lord. But, it, but d- theologians are split on... Uh, whether this could be the case. And there's arguments made on both sides. And some arguments are made simply because people are uh, perplexed. Could God actually ask a prophet to walk around for a period of three years with no clothes on? They have found some um, in archaeological discoveries of um, sculptures that they have from ancient Assyria. They show... um, captives uh, under Assyria that had something like a tunic depicted in the sculpture. So some people say, well, based upon that, you know, that, that may uh, 
help us understand that that wasn't the case, that that's not what God asked of Isaiah. But this is the text, and uh, we'll wrestle with the text a little bit, and we'll look at it. And I'll let you wrestle with it and come to your conclusion. This is uh, Isaiah 20, verse 1. In the year that the commander came to Ashdod, when Sargon, the king of Assyria, sent him and he fought against Ashdod and captured it. At that time, the Lord spoke through Isaiah, the son of Amos, saying, Go and loosen the sackcloth from your hips. Take your shoes off your feet. And he did so going naked and barefoot. And the Lord said, Even as my servant Isaiah has gone naked and barefoot three years as a sign and token against Egypt and Cush or Ethiopia, so the king of Assyria will lead away the captives of Egypt and the exiles of Cush, young and old, naked and barefoot with buttocks uncovered to the shame of Egypt. Then they shall be dismayed and ashamed because of Cush, their hope, and Egypt, their boast. And so the inhabitants of this coastland will say in that day, Behold, such is our hope, where we fled for help to be delivered from the king of Assyria, and we, how shall we escape? Now in Isaiah's career, we know that Isaiah the prophet didn't try to win popularity contests. That is not what his ministry was about. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, what we call the Great Hall of Faith, in Hebrews 11.36, is a mention of those who lived by faith and won approval by their faith, some of them, or at least one of them, being sawn in two. And there's tradition, and uh, it would be called reliable tradition, that the one being spoken of in Hebrews 11.36 is Isaiah. And that at some point later in his career, taken by his own countrymen, he was put on something like a makeshift sawhorse, and at the laughter of a false prophet, as he laughed at him, he was sawn in two. And the, the words in one, uh, it's a non-biblical book, but uh, sometimes these books have accurate history in them. Uh, they were laughing at him, and it says that he neither cried out or You know, there was no tear in his eye, there was no crying out as they sawed him in two. That was the thanks that he got for being a man who would go around to the nation and tell them, repent, get right with God. But not only did Isaiah go to the nation of Israel, not only did he go to Judah, but he went to the surrounding nations as well. His proclamations entailed all these surrounding nations around the people of Israel. And in Isaiah 13, uh, chapters 13 to 13, through uh, 23, scholars have called those chapters the book of burdens. I want to show you how this works. Isaiah 13, look at verse 1. Over and over again, and I'm going to read this from the New King James, but I'm telling you, when you see the oracle concerning Babylon, the oracle concerning uh, different nations, oracle means a heavy message of judgment. So reading from the New King James, it says in Isaiah 13, 1, the burden against Babylon, which Isaiah the son of Amos saw. Go to Isaiah 15, look at verse 1. Isaiah 15, 1. The burden or oracle against Moab, because in the night R of Moab is laid waste. Notice the judgment message and destroyed. Go to Isaiah 17, verse 1. 
the burden against Damascus. Behold, Damascus is about to be removed from being a city. Notice how the heavy message comes, and then the message is a proclamation of judgment against not only Israel, and not only a warning to Judah, but the messages go out to surrounding nations, because the original intention of God through Israel was that they would be what? A light to the nations. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. So reading from the New King James, it says in Isaiah 13, 1, the burden against Babylon, which Isaiah the son of Amos saw. Go to Isaiah 15, look at verse 1. Isaiah 15, 1, the burden or oracle against Moab, because in the night R of Moab is laid waste. Notice the judgment message and destroyed. Go to Isaiah 17, verse 1, the burden against Damascus. Behold, Damascus is about to be removed from being a city. Notice how the heavy message comes And then the message is a proclamation of judgment against not only Israel and not only a warning to Judah, but the messages go out to surrounding nations because the original intention of God through Israel was that they would be what? A light to the nations. And so the message of the prophet flows out beyond the boundaries of Israel to other nations because God desires that all nations be saved. He wants all people to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so over and over again, look at Isaiah 19. And Isaiah 19 and 20 is a burden against Egypt. Notice the burden against Egypt. Behold, the Lord rides on a swift cloud. This is Um, reminiscent of Jesus' second coming language, and will come into Egypt, the idols of Egypt will totter at his presence, and the heart of Egypt will melt in its midst. And I think at least seven times or more, you'll see the burden against this people group, the burden against that person, people group, the, the burden against this nation. And at the heart of the oracle, is always this message from the prophet of why do you look to idols? Why do you look to other nations to save you instead of looking to the living God? That's always at the heart of the message. And then what follows that is, or what comes before that is, and in light of what you've done, your sin has come up to God and God is going to deal with your nation. And we've watched as the book of Isaiah has unfolded and we've seen how God uses economic disasters and uh, calamities and, and things of this nature, rivers drying up and, and other types of things going on where God has to shake the nations to get their attention. And now we look at our world today and we look at the landscape of the world and we even see now the United States is shaking. 
you know, shaking from natural disasters that we've long forgotten about. But if we saw a video on them, we would be reminded quickly of floods and tornadoes and earthquakes and things that have been happening. And, and you know, we begin to look at the nation and we begin to look at the economy and the morality or lack thereof. And we begin to ask a question. How does God get a message to a nation? The founding fathers of the, of the United States uh, directly said these words. They said, because God does not judge nations in the afterlife, he only judges individuals. And this was their view. He must judge nations now because he won't judge uh, nations in, in, the, in eternity, but rather individuals that make up those nations. So when nations go astray, be it Assyria, be it Egypt, be it you know, Moab, be it whatever you want to talk about, God will deal with those nations. And if he didn't deal with those nations, then we'd have to ask a deeper question, does he care about them? Example, God allows a prophet named Jonah to go to Assyria and preach. The capital of Assyria was Nineveh. Why, pray tell, does God send Jonah there? And Jonah, as a prophet in Israel, runs the other way, and he doesn't even want to proclaim that message to those people. Why? Because the Assyrians who are on the move in the book of Isaiah, everybody's fearful of them, everybody's looking to ally themselves with other nations and get protection, because the Assyrians were a scary people. They were known to, to win wars and take captives by putting uh, rings in people's noses and dragging them across the desert in lines. Some people believe naked, some people believe scantily dressed. And they would sometimes put either a nose ring or put a hook in your jaw and carry you off captive to their nation to either kill you or have you serve as a slave. They were a brutal people. And when Jonah was told to go preach to them, he said, Lord, I'm going the other way. But the Lord got his attention, right? A custom-made fish, and right? And Jonah ends up preaching, but he's not happy about the revival. And God says, should I not care about 120,000 souls that don't know their right hand from their left hand? Right? God is concerned about the nations. And when you read the Old Testament, you need to see that the Old Testament includes Gentile nations. It includes God caring enough and loving people enough to say, I will do some things to rattle your cage now so that eternally you will be in better shape. You will have a chance to repent. You will have a chance to come back to the living God. This is how God has acted in history. And he gives the burden of the message to his man, to Isaiah, who got the call in Isaiah 6. And when, I, when Isaiah got the call, he was undone. He was exposed before God, and then he was forgiven by God, and then he was commissioned by God. But he was warned in Isaiah 6 that the people are not going to listen to you. You're going to preach, you're going to preach, and the heart of your message will, will be, keep on hearing, but you won't listen. Keep on seeing, but you won't see. And the issue is a dull heart. And sometimes when people have a dull heart, the only way to get their attention is to do something radical that is beyond words. And can you imagine anything more radical than a prophet walking around nude for three years? Sometimes we have to be shaken to listen. Because words sometimes don't seem to be enough for people. Take the Lord Jesus, who preaches to thousands of people, does miracles in front of people, and still their hearts are hard. He dies 
probably naked on a cross. And that's the point at which a robber comes to his senses and some guards come to their senses when they see his reaction to the devastating treatment that he receives undeservedly so because he's innocent lamb of God. Sometimes God does something beyond a message, beyond a vocal message to get a picture. He did it in the book of Ezekiel when Ezekiel lays on his side and does some strange things and you're going, what's going on? Because those pictures were intended to communicate. You know, it's been said that a picture is worth what? A thousand words. Why? Because sometimes when we see something in front of us, then it, it, it penetrates a little deeper. It gets our attention. We, we can't easily just pass by it or let it you know, go in one ear and out the other, as we say, or, or not have it penetrate our being. But God has decided to use the message preached to get to the people. And so the people of Egypt have been telling the surrounding nations that they're going to be they're going to be a safety net for others. And, and the nations around Israel, uh, Ashdod is one of the chief cities of the Philistines, and you have uh, uh, the, the mention of Ethiopia or Cush here, and you have nations that are trying to, they're trying to form alliances because Assyria is a lion, and they're coming from the north, and they're coming into lands, and they're dominating everybody, and people are fearful, and they're trying to find desperately how to survive. You've been listening to The Naked Truth, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 20. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening to Walk in Truth on this station. Please continue listening here because, well, this station is honoring the Lord by serving many more ministries in addition to ours. And you'll get to hear the latest broadcast from Pastor Michael. Walk in Truth is also available on your podcast app on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many others. You can listen to all of Pastor Michael's previous teachings. We have Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Colossians, Job, Ephesians, Psalms, Revelation, and many more. Listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, the topic of truth is something I want to talk about as we conclude this program right here on Walk in Truth, moving through the book of Isaiah, specifically Isaiah chapter 20. You know, truth has been a very convoluted concept in our country, and it goes back really to teaching that emerged in our universities, and we can talk about relativism and stuff like that. And now you have people who despite the truth being naked and open right in front of their eyes, redefine it. Truth is now not what's objective and real and corresponds to reality. Truth, rather, is in the eye of the beholder. Truth is how I feel and what I want. And it's not truth, my friend, unless it aligns with God's word and God's revelation. Um, despite what you hear, despite the bill of goods that we have been sold as a nation, despite uh, very few people wanting to say the emperor has no clothes <laughs> to go with our theme of the naked truth. Here's the deal. We need truth desperately because if we don't have truth, we're going to have chaos and confusion and all matter of evil. And it's where we are as a culture, sadly, because we've walked away from the truth 
because we've walked away from God. I want you to think about that for a second. We've walked away from the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth because we've walked away from God. What do we do now? We walk back to him. We ask him to clothe us in his righteousness. We ask him to forgive us, teach us the gospel, teach us how to live out the implications of the gospel. My brother, my sister, my friend, we need to repent as a nation. We need to repent as a church because the church is not even on the same page. We're not really truly coming under the authority of Scripture. But let me say with some hope, but when we do, when we hear about Bible reading exploding in America, when we hear about millennials who actually are taking a stand for the truth and love God, there are some, there are some good news stories out there. But man, do we need to come back. If anything, if this last two years has taught us anything, it's that we need the Lord and we need to come back to him and his ways. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. Thank you so much for listening to the book of Isaiah with us and journeying through the book. And uh, there's more to come, so keep on listening. Hey, if you'd like to partner with us, please pray for this ministry. Pray that the Lord would expand it where he wants it to go. If you want to help financially, you can give to this ministry at walkintruth.com. Help us pay for the radio time and expand our reach. Walkintruth.com. Hey, visit the website today. You can also send us a message through the site and let us know how the program's been a blessing to you. All of it available at walkintruth.com. This is Pastor Michael. Hey, have a great weekend. Make sure you get to church on Sunday and we'll see you either Sunday or Monday right here on Walk in Truth. God bless. And join us on Monday for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Isaiah chapter 20 called The Naked Truth. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.